Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives Falcons vs. Bengals Week 7 postgame show. I am your host, Kevin Knight, joined by my co-host going forward for these postgame programs. He is Alan Sterk at Alan Sterk. Alan, uh, tough game. How how we doing? Uh, I don't know if lethargic is the word. I'm just like, bleh. You know, it's just like you, after somewhat high expectations, you know, second biggest game of the week, if you look at the Cowboy games on the schedule, and it's just... It just feels very lackluster, even though you look at the defensive injuries, you look at the caliber of opponent, you kind of get why. I just think particularly offensively left a lot to be desired. Yeah, I mean, I think the defense, it's sort of like you look at the end. Like, AJ Terrell goes out on the first drive. Uh, They're already down Casey Hayward. They lose Mike Ford. They lose Jalen Hawkins. Um, Cornell Armstrong's covering Jamar Chase for a large part of this game, and there's just no way you can expect this defense to do anything even remotely, like, effective against that. And to their credit, they actually did, I think, have a solid second half, uh, considering everything. Like, they, the Bengals certainly didn't have to push anything or really try very hard, but they did enough, I think, in the second half to keep the Falcons in contention. Um, and then in the second half, we saw the— Like, the offense barely did a damn thing all day. Like, they hit that 75-yard bomb, so good, good, great. Uh, and then they had that one drive in the second quarter— mm-hmm. And that was it, all game. They could do nothing else the entire game. The run game barely worked against a disastrously bad run defense that just gave up over 200 yards to the Saints. Uh, Mariota was not sharp, uh, but honestly, I don't know, like, with the pass protection as bad as it was, that was a big factor in this game, too. I mean, he took, what, four sacks, three sacks, um, was constantly under duress, had to bail on the pocket all the time. Um, it it wasn't a setup for anyone to play well, Uh he certainly didn't like exceed the sum of his parts or really do much with the opportunity today. Uh, the run game again, the run game not working is just a complete death knell for like this offense. Like they, they, if the run game's not working, it's over. Like they can't do a damn thing. And you know, what do you think is the culprit of that? We'll just start off on this topic. Cause everyone's talking about it. Do you really think it's, it's Marcus Mariota? Do you think it's the offensive line? The weapons somehow? If it's the weapons, obviously we're in deep, deep trouble. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of trap capital yeah, yeah. for it to, for yeah. it to be the weapons. So I don't think it's that, but I am interested in what you think about that. I definitely want to watch the film of this. Like, I, I found the offense is such a curious watch because they've been so efficient, but this game, just like, what has gone wrong? But I think one of the things you could just look at from a true glance is like, this team has serious issues when it's third and long. Like, if they can't get into third manual situations, they kind of look hopeless. Like, uh, I saw a couple of moments where they're running max protect on third and long, which is not ideal. Where he's like Parker Hesse has to block, and then he's like a receiver, but then it just pits London, maybe Zacchaeus. You just need more options, especially since the Bengals, they like dropping a lot of players deep into coverage. So, it, which I was concerned about going to game because they're just so organized back there. So, I think whether it's a lack of belief in the pass protection or just Mario's limitations, I just I think one of the biggest issues right now for this offense is this. Yeah, as good as they actually are on third down, I think third long, they just it's it's scary how incapable they look. Like it just they look like they can't convert at all, which is a problem when you have two of the last top ten picks were pass catchers. So that's just from a first glance. I'll definitely watch the film, but I just think if you're not able to convert in third long this league, your offense would be severely handicapped. Yeah, I mean it's it was it was a bad day overall from the offense. I don't think people should get like two on Mariota's case he certainly had a bad game but I mean I don't know like that there was a ton else he could do to like change the outcome of the game I mean I think it could have been closer certainly but I really think like it was up to the run game to take over 
against a run defense missing their best linebacker arguably one of their best defensive players missing their top two nose tackles they couldn't run the ball outside of one singular drive they were bad at running the ball every other drive only just a little over 100 yards total on the ground which is really low for them that was the end of the offense being like that that was the end of them having an opportunity to compete because like a lot of people I think are caught up on this like oh well the Falcons can't throw to catch up in this game and all this stuff they didn't need to like they cut this to 28 to 17 and they got the ball after halftime all you got to do is just play you don't have to throw the ball you just have to have a drive it doesn't matter what you do they didn't get the first drive okay defense stops the Bengals on the next drive they have another opportunity three and out again do nothing and they don't do anything else the entire game like that is why they lost it's not about not being able to throw like of course obviously you go three and out twice then the Bengals are going to score again because like this we already talked about the defense being down like what four of their top five defensive backs so um like they were never going to hold the Bengals defense down in this game with that happening but like the offense as a whole failed, not not because they couldn't throw, but because they just failed in the second half. And it just seemed like they couldn't get much going outside runs, which has been a bit of their bread and butter. You know, the pin-pull runs that they'll use, like, pits to pit, and then they'll either pull Lynch or McGarry. It just seemed like that, that much of it. It just seemed very condensed, their runs. Like a lot of it was just power inside, and uh, maybe it's just a testament to wanting to attack the Bengals on tier, but it just but the offensive line just flat did not play well. Like, we could talk about yeah. the pass protection issues. Like, like, I forget who's 97. He looks like Donka Petko, but Donka Petko has not done the Bengals. <laughs> He's their third string years. nose tackle. Yeah. He he had this arm over move on Elijah Wilkins. It was just like, oof. Like that, it's just those kind of reps you don't forget about. Like, I didn't think anyone on the offense line played particularly well, but it's those things that like, you can't just be dependent on Keith Spit the Parker Hesse to create these spurts in the run game. Like, they're kind of just a supplement to it. But at the end of the day, it's like those five up front have to do their job. and is then it just seemed like the Bengals defense like they're always one step ahead the whole game like they just seemed like the Bengals were on point and uh, whenever the Falcons like put together something outside of Eli Apple just <laughs> losing on his yeah. coverage other than Eli Apple being Eli Apple it just seemed like the Bengals were pretty much a step ahead on the Falcons on pretty much everything yeah um and we are hearing that Hawkins Jalen Hawkins is in the concussion protocol um so he's likely going to miss at least one week uh I mean it, it like, yes, this passing game is a complete joke, despite having two top 10 picks as at weapons. So that is a problem. Like, there's no way you could get around it. Like, if if this team trusted Mariota to throw the ball, they would have thrown it more than 13 times in this game. They do not trust him to throw the ball. It's not just him, though. The offensive line can't pass protect. It's still a disaster up front when they're pass protecting. At least, I mean, the run game, they're getting that done at least. Uh, but... That's it. Like, they, they cannot pass protect. Uh, no one really can. I mean, Caleb McGarry's still an awful pass protector. Jake, Jake Matthews is aging. He's fine, but nowhere near, like, the elite left tackle that he used to be. Um, it's tough to watch this pass offense that they've invested two huge, like, weapons into be throwing the ball 13 times in a game. That's just unacceptable. Um, even with this game script that they want to run, like I get that they're a lot better at, at running the ball, but I, I think we do have to have the conversation of like, this can't be the plan, like drafting two top receivers and then having the passing game basically be just a barely a complimentary part of your offense. And I think the people calling for Desmond Ritter, are the people sort of feeling that vibe and I get that vibe, but it, they didn't only have those few attempts. Like four of those, four attempts were taken off the board by sacks. Like, and Mariota was under pressure far more than that. So, I mean, do you think it is a quarterback issue, or is it everything else going on? I do think it's like a proc of the whole system. Um, obviously, I'd like to see. Let's see how these next two games go before having that conversation. Because I do think Mario is still going to be the starter. But there's no denying like, just the fact that Drake London had one target. Like, how is that possible in this type yeah. of game? So it's stuff like that, and I just I do think Mariota he has he has his point. Like we could we critique him on you know not being that great in the pocket when it comes to being under duress or him not processing quick enough or making quick reads. Like, but we kind of know this already, so I don't really know what else to really say about Mariota. I know the team's fully behind him and he can make plays, but it's just oh man, when his team is down double digits, it's just like. I know they came back against the Rams and the Bucks and showed great resilience, but I think that was much more of a collective effort than 
you know, Mario really yeah. – you know, Mario played decent in those games, but it was much more of a team effort rather than him putting the team on his back necessarily. But, uh, man, it's just – I think we've been saying since week one, though, this offense, as efficient as they are, when things are going right, I don't think they can maximize their full potential until Desmond Ritter's in there. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. Like, I think that this is a training wheels passing offense until that happens. And, like, to be fair, like, it's been effective with the training wheels in a lot of weeks. But against yeah. a good secondary, against a good defense like Cincinnati, especially when you can't run the ball for some reason, um, you know, you're having an off day on the ground, you have no hope. Like, no hope whatsoever. You can't pass protect. And, like, you know, Mariota, I think, is efficient as a passer, but he's not a high volume passer. Not at this point. Um, And I don't think that like when he's thrown the ball, he's been awful. Like to be clear, like I don't think he's like been a bad quarterback when he throws, but the fact that they are so run heavy means they do not believe that throwing the ball a lot is going to generate a lot of success. And um, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, But what do you think about, the idea of inserting Ritter into the end of this game. I know there were people calling for that. What do you think about that idea? Do you think that would have been a good idea, bad idea? What's your sort of take? It would be completely unnecessary. At this point, Ritter, I'm just a firm believer in giving a quarterback a week to prepare. Like That's how you have to approach it, especially in a delicate situation like this, because we know this team, look, they got clear deficiencies. We know about the offensive line issues, and it's still a work in progress of passing game. I just think putting a quarterback into a fray like that, especially against a defense that was flying on all cylinders, I just think it's a recipe for disaster. So look, give it time. Let the coaches have prepare. I still am a firm believer in this coaching staff. I think they could, when the time comes, they could put together the winning strategy for Ritter to go in there. But right now it's just, look, we were up, we were fully jovial last week after they beat the 49ers. This is just one game. I yeah. think you got to take it a game by game and to really dissect know how this team has performed because to me this was like the first real deflating loss of the season like the yeah. rams bucks um am i blanking on their team who, who's the other team they lost to uh oh the saints oh geez yeah Sorry. that one was that one was very <laughs> yeah, deflating. That, was that one like, was deflating but the those other two, three yeah. games it wasn't one side and the offense didn't look hopeful and like even though they looked they struggled against the bucks at the same time like mario was making plays in the second half of the game i remember um Pitts was out which is pretty much London, and, and I, I believe Patterson was he? He was injured that game, the Bucks game, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think like, he got injured, yeah, in the in the Browns game. Yeah, there we go. So like they showed great results. So I just look. I don't want to get too. I don't want to go too over the top after one game. As alarming as this game was, I don't want to start making like drastic moves saying this needs to happen. Like let's let's give it a little bit more of a sample size, but. um yeah, you know, for looking at long term though, yeah, I think it's pretty evident that uh, this offense could go only so far. Mariota, they're actually seriously going to compete for playoffs, but you know, there's going to be a couple more games like like this, and you know, I think it's a foregone conclusion. You might as well just give Ritter a shot. But look, the timing today, absolutely not. Like, give this guy a week. Yeah, yeah, and like it. That's that's all I'm arguing is like I was. I mean it you don't just throw a guy into a game just because like, it's like, Oh, well, Mariota's not having a good game. Let's just throw in the backup quarterback for like a drive in the fourth quarter. Like, why not? You ask like, what, what's the problem with getting Ritter some reps? You're not giving him reps. You're just like throwing him to the wolves. And like, why would the Falcons do that? Like why in the hell would any coaching staff want to throw their rookie quarterback who they could choose to insert at any point if they want to, into a 35 to 17 game where he's going to maybe get one drive and like a handful of attempts. Like, why would you do that? First of all, you want to see him throw a few passes. Like you could do that at practice. Like <laughs> you want to get him live game experience. Okay. Like that's not like you want to get him like three to four snaps. Like, that's not valuable game experience. That's just putting him in. Like you're inviting a massive media shitstorm, a massive PR headache, like all of these things that don't make sense. They don't add up. Like you're not, you're not seeing, you're not going to learn anything about Desmond Ritter on a, a single drive that didn't even end up happening in the fourth quarter, by the way, because the Bengals ran out the clock with like eight minutes left. Uh, you're not learning anything about Ritter by doing that. You're just like, I don't like, maybe I guess it makes the fans, certain fans feel better. I know the other half of the fan base would completely riot. So 
A- NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Marcus Mariota benched. Like, yes. Uh, that's the headline right there. That's the headliner. Yeah, no, it's just, oh, uh, yeah. I just don't see, like, I, I don't see the point in that. I think people are just yelling about it because they're like, I mean, you don't want to watch the Falcons, like, suck. You want something to, to hang on to, something that you think is going to spark the team. Like, Ritter coming in for a few passes, probably getting sacked or throwing a pick. Like, that's not going to reignite your love for this game and make this game feel any better. Um, it's it's just, it's a waste of time. Like, it's just a distraction. Um, yeah. If you want Ritter to play, you should be saying, okay, now he needs to be getting starting reps this week to prepare for the Panthers. Like, if you actually want Ritter to play, that's that's what you need to be pulling for because just throwing him into the end of a meaningless game and kicking off a whole, you know, shitstorm, like, it's just not worth the effort. Like, it's, it's not worth so the hand-wringing. Yeah. Um, it's just not. And, like, yeah. if you can't see why a coaching staff wouldn't want to invite all that hand-wringing for mm-hmm. a single drive... You know, you need to really think about like what what they have to deal with. Like, it's not gonna help. It's not gonna help evaluate anything. It's not gonna change anything. It's just, it's pointless. Um, so like, if you want your rookie quarterback to do well, like, set him up to to succeed. Don't throw him to the wolves against a defense that's gonna pin their ears back and go after him and potentially invite a mistake. I mean, maybe he throws a touchdown. Like, that'd be great. But like. Then you, then it, everyone would just say, "Oh, it was just garbage time." So who cares? Like, you know, yeah. so it's like you, you have nothing to gain from this. Yeah. Even though I w- I don't approve their strategy, like I kind of got why Pittsburgh brought in Kenny Pickett when they did. I look, they should have benched Trubisky far earlier. But I, like, if you're going to bring a rookie quarterback, to me, it's the only reason why. If you desperately need to provide a spark, like if it's just a game where the offense looks so lackadaisical and it's just like, look, enough's enough. We need to do something drastic. Fine, but look, I still avoid that at all costs. To me, it's just the best way to go about it is if you really value your rookie quarterback, give him a week to prepare, you know, set up a game plan that is going to put him in the best position to succeed, and that's how you move forward. Yeah, and guys, like, as much as I love Ritter, like, you guys know how much I like Ritter. Like, he's a third-round pick. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he's not like Kenny Pickett that's just, like, waiting for any excuse to go into the game because he's a first-round pick. This is a third-rounder. Like, people shouldn't be kicking down the door to start a third round pick. Like as much as I think Ritter is really good and probably better than a third round pick. uh, It's just, I know that would be fun and I know it would be exciting and all these things. But like, if you really want the best for Ritter and this offense, like he needs a week to prepare. Like it's not that he hasn't been preparing all this time. I'm sure if he had to go in because of an injury, like he, I think he would be ready. I think it would be fine. But, like, don't just throw him in there because. Like, like give him a chance to actually play a game and not just have a garbage time drive where the Bengals are going to be coming after him. Like, it, it's just... Um, and again, it, it, this is a tough opponent to do it against, too. So Exactly, yeah. Besides the Rams, Browns, and I guess this game, like, you can't really say Mario has played bad games. Like, I thought he was fine against New Orleans, played well against Seattle... Played, we know how great he played against San Fran, and you know, for all against all odds, I thought he, he handled himself well against Tampa Bay. To be the only games like uh, the Browns game, you know, that was an atrocity. And I thought the Rebs game, you know, they came back, he struggled mightily. Like, dude, it's like Mario's been a liability week in, week out. Yes, he has limitations, but you know, let's not just write him off. Like, you know, he's still a competent player, so that's why, like, as much as I like to see this Falcons with the, with the offense look like under Ritter, it just got to be with the right circumstances, so yeah. Yeah, um, just give him a chance, like to yeah. actually play well. Because you want him to go out there, throw a pick, and take a bunch of sacks, and then it's like, oh well, now he all his only snaps are terrible, and everyone's like saying, oh well, the Falcons have a bust at quarterback, and you know, like they need to draft Bryce Young, and like all this stuff. Like the 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 narrative changes on a dime. Like last week, it was Mario's the NFC Player of the Week. Like Ritter might not start all season. Now it's like, why didn't he play in this game? Like. Yeah, the pen- as one. much as as much as like it feels like it in the moment, the pendulum does not swing that far in one game. It just does not. Like yeah. I know everyone wants things to change like that, I, but it's like think about it. Like fans are calling for coaches to be fired like after week one of every team. It's not just Falcons fans. Every every team. Like like it, it's just it's not reasonable to ask mm-hmm. for these things. And 
you have like, like we're going to be reasonable because we're covering the team from a professional angle. Yes, we are fans, but like it's not reasonable to demand a quarterback change at the end of a game where you're down like three scores. It's just not reasonable. Like um that's all I'm saying. Like if you want to see Ritter, you got company here. Like everybody wants to see Ritter, but you just need to do it in a way that makes sense and doing it at the end of this game in a, in a doomed situation just to appease the fans would, would shake my faith in this coaching staff because I think they're too smart to do something like that just to like appease angry fans. Like they're not going to do that. That would be the only reason to do it. Like, <laughs> I got a good question for you. Are the Falcons yeah. the most dynamic one-dimensional offense you've ever seen? Actually, so- <laughs> I, I don't know. Actually, that's a big question because like the 2004 Falcons offense was pretty one-dimensional and they had Michael Vick, so. I think I just answered my own question. But, like, it's pretty hilarious. Like, this offense, they're so one-dimensional. And, like, here comes the Pitts-London factor. It's just like they invested top 10 picks and pass catches. Like, it's yeah. just the weird offense. Like, I think that's what the real pressure is now with on Arthur Smith. Like, they desperately need to figure out what they could. They just have to do a better job of maximizing London. Pitts. And, look, we'll watch the film. If it's quarterback play, we'll, you know, we'll call it out. But yeah. there's just – I just have a really hard time believing how in this type of game – London one target hits three catches yeah, nine yards. That's unacceptable. Like, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, that's like to me, that's the that's the biggest outrage from this game. Like, okay, the old line played bad, the running game didn't didn't quite live up to expectations. But just at some point, especially in these circumstances, like these two pass catchers have to get going because I really don't think it's a talent stand. I think these two are studs. They so are. Now, you saw what Pitts could do last year. Yeah, like like I he, mean, it, the it's, sample it's, size is clear. Yeah. So I um, think it, it's it comes from. Like it's clearly it comes from both sides and the offense line as well. But I want to see film just if it's more Mario just missing opportunities or just coaching steps not putting those two in the best opportunities. I think it's I think it's a mix, and I think you look at this game and it's like the worst case scenario because the run game's not working, and when the run game's not working, it this offense isn't going to be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do want to keep going on this stuff because it's good, but we have like five donations. So I need to start reading these before we get okay. like too, too backed up. We got Corey with the $5. Thank you so much, Corey. He says, the Bengals just trolled us hard with Hayden Hurst. Well, I started uh, Hayden I... Hurst in fantasy. So the joke's on the Falcons because I was expecting, you know, the Hayden Hurst revenge game. Also, my tight end was on by. So, yeah, uh... <laughs> I love me some Dallas. I, I, I had Dallas Goddard, man. Yeah. I was like, I was looking at the waiver wire. I'm like, tight end Hurst, the Falcons, baby. revenge game factor. Yep. He, he, he was, you know, very upset. I'm going to use this in quotation marks about how underutilized he was in Atlanta. Meanwhile, he, he got plenty of opportunities to show himself in 2020. But that's another yeah. conversation. But, you know, he, he did his thing. And, yeah, that that uh, that uh, fourth down. Oh, man, just this big, goofy smile. Oh. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, we got George Costanza. Uh, oh, with the three dollars. Yeah. What's up, George? <laughs> Says for yeah. He oh, you have. A, I don't know if you've met George. He, George is our like show benefactor. This man. I need to pull up the stat. I'm pretty sure George has donated over a thousand dollars. Oh jeez, salute to George. Uh, he was close. He's close. I think if he hasn't already done it. Um, but uh, George, big shout out. Uh, he says, for our first round draft pick this year, we should take Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. We need to remain consistent in drafting elite receiving talent that we're not going to use. Yeah, that would be uh-huh. that would be. I, I said we should draft uh, Bijan Robinson and slap wide receiver in front of his name, and then there you go. That's another receiving uh, threat. Arthur Smith can't resist. So, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I, this, by the way, what was the commentary of this game? I think it was the first time I heard Calvin Ridley's mentioned during a game. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, Calvin Ridley's technically still on the team. Yeah. yeah, I and it's funny <laughs> because I think he would change literally nothing about this offense. Like, oh, that's really like, disheartening. Yes, yeah. like I feel like it would not matter one bit yeah. that. Calvin Ridley was here because they already don't target Drake London or Kyle Pitts. So Calvin Ridley would just be out there getting one to two targets. Also, yeah. Would he? Would he be like the Zacchaeus role? It's like, yeah, he might yeah. get three targets. Ah, oh, dude, that's yep. so disheartening because he's such yeah. a special talent. Yep. Oh. It's hard to argue too much with the Falcons' overall strategy because they were three and three going into this game and were actually doing well, but. It's clearly ha- it clearly has its limits, and we're going to continue to talk about that. But uh, George Costanza again with the three dollars, thanks, man. He says honestly, we just don't do not match up well against elite wide receiving cores. Yeah, certainly not. Even with our secondary healthy, it was going to be a tall task. Although, leave it to Eli Apple to make Mariota look like Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, at least we got that one play. Uh, that was fun. We got to enjoy like three minutes of being like, well, maybe the Falcons can do something, and then back to reality. But yeah, George, that was a fun one. Um, 
And yeah, that this was going to be a tough matchup no matter what. They were not playing the pass well even when they had Terrell and Hayward. But mm-hmm. without Terrell and Hayward, this is a disastrous secondary. Like, absolutely bottom three. Like, no I, I Hawkins, mean, no Hayward, no Terrell. You're starting Darren Hall, Cornell Armstrong, and Oliver, who's clearly not 100%. Like, still. Like, and that's not a good sign either. Like, he was getting cooked by Tyler Boyd all game. Um, so, this, this secondary is uh, in dire straits, but... Good news next week. Uh, they play probably the worst passing game in the NFL. So, um, you know, there's there's chance there's a chance because I think Baker's coming back. Like PJ Walker played well, but you know the Panthers are going to put Baker back in. Oh, so. you really think? Oh, yeah. Well, they did trade for him. But, oh man, they're going to put Baker back in if he's healthy. You know. I mean, will, hey, so. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Jason Gaines to two dollars, uh, asking why the coaching staff put Cornell Armstrong on Chase? Question mark. When Terrell went down. Uh, after Terrell went down, yeah. Armstrong has been on off the practice squad. That was like putting Avery Williams on CD Lamb bat- last year. Bad results in both situations. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know why Mike Ford didn't come into the game first. Um, like, Mike Ford has not been great, but he's been, like, fine. Like, he's been okay. Um, Cornell Armstrong, fresh off the practice squad, going up against Jamar Chase every play. Like, that was a disastrous decision and like maybe maybe Mike Ford wouldn't have done any better but I think you at least give him the chance first yeah, like, what was he 5'11 and like you just saw like Jamar Chase is big like everyone the dolls yeah. about him you need a, a big bird. dude to, to just yeah. like tackle him even um and that's Mike Ford Mike Ford's like six foot over 200 so like yeah. he's just a bigger corner but I'm surprised that Ford didn't get in there to be honest mm-hmm. um so I think that was a mistake but Ford ended up getting hurt in this game anyway. So eventually we would have seen Cornell Armstrong on Jamar Chase no matter what. Yeah. Um, Jason Gaines again with the $2. Thanks, man. He says, also the Bucks losing to the absolute dumpster fire of the Panthers today is fantastic. Yes, Falcons still tied for first place, folks. Uh, the Bucks are trash as well. Unless Fournette has a good game or Mike Evans catches multiple deep shots, they can't move the ball well either. Brady now well, needs the AARP card. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mike Mike Evans had a chance. I don't know if you he saw did. that clip. He, he, you know, yeah. he had a very good chance. Uh Man, talk about I, anyone doing a Bucks podcast right now. They must be losing their minds. Yeah, like at least with the Falcons, it's like, oh, we were expecting to just be rebuilding this year, whatever. And then like the Bucks are just like sitting there with this like loaded receiving room, like all this stuff, this great, like very good defense, and they're getting blown out by the Panthers, man. Feels bad. Um, now, you know, this is before the Falcons play the Panthers, so we probably shouldn't, you know, invite too much uh, mm-hmm. like bad juju for that. But, um, you know. Kind of, I mean, they were 13 and a half point favorites in this game, I think. Yeah. So, which was really aggressive for the Bucks because, like, they haven't really looked good at all this year, like, in any game. So, just like assuming they would blow anyone out is probably rich, but I'm I'm curious, was the 13 before or after the McCaffrey trade? Probably after. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it was like nine or 10, and then after McCaffrey got traded, it was 13. I think it was like twelve before the McCaffrey oh, trade. Oh wow, even. that is. I mean, yeah, it was a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah, and like the, yeah, the Bucks have just not looked good at all this year. Yeah. You know, like I, I still somehow before this game was a believer in them, but now I'm, I'm totally off them. Yeah. Ain't, ain't no way you can do that against a, a pretty much expansion team at this point. <laughs> yeah, that offense has literally nothing, and they were just. I mean, it's not like the defense got blasted or anything. It's the Tampa Bay offense couldn't do mm-hmm. anything. So, um, do you want to mention? I don't know. I thought there was one pause in this game uh, besides Avery Williams. By the way, Avery Williams, when he returns yeah. one, I'm going to be so happy because, dude, yeah, he's he close. Ha- dude, he just has the vision and just the shiftiness. Like, he just always breaks a tackle or two. But I just think he has a great feel for the game. Like, the way he returns, he just kind of spots openings. Yeah. And it's, he's excited about it. It's been a really cool story. I, w- I didn't really take him moving to running back all that seriously in the offseason, I was just like, oh, okay, let's see where this goes. Like, I didn't think it was going to uh, lead to much. I don't know, nothing. Like, no, I didn't think it was going to come of it. Like, I thought it was just yeah, going to be like yeah. a cool preseason story, but it was going to wash out. But, oh, man, he's proven to be a difference maker. Like, he was like one of the few bright sides, and he played a role in this game being somewhat competitive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah. I, I think Avery Williams has been a very good returner. Um and I, I do expect him to get more looks. Like, I mean, he, he I think he's going to break a touchdown at some point. He's been very close. And I think he deserves more touches on offense, too. Like, they just do not have a dynamic runner without Patterson back there. And it's basically up to Avery Williams to add that spark. And he has, I think, effectively. Uh, maybe we need to see him more. 
But, um, yeah, it was just brutal to watch that Falcons offense today. Like, they just, I mean, they weren't even running the ball. They had that one drive where it looked like, okay, the run game's getting going. We're going to be in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was nothing after that. Like, they just, I mean, they were falling down. They were missing just easy blocks. Like, it just, the whole offense just was snake bit today. Like, they did not play well from the get-go. Had the one drive and, of course, the bomb on the, you know, Eli Apple's bad coverage. Like, but that was it. Like, all the rest of the day. And it's on the run game, too. Um, like, it's mostly on the run game, I think, because if this run game doesn't work, like I, like we've said, no chance at all. Um, I, I do want to mention with the, the other highlight one is even though there were times where Burrow had too much time, I did like that, you know, it seemed like Dean Pease was able to at least a few moments kind of exploit the, one of the Bengals' biggest flaws, and that's with their offense line. Their offense line is just better recognizing just pressures in general, whether it's blitzes or twists, like – I did like the fact that the Falcons were using a couple of different exotic fronts, and they actually got the Burrow a couple of times, particularly in the second half, whether it was Carter, Malone. Um, I think it was Troy Anderson maybe had a moment there. Obviously, Gray Jarrett, as usual, had a sack. Like, it was at least good to see some light from a uh, pass rush that's you know, just kind of been non-existent the past few weeks. So yeah. I, at, least, at least they were able to get some of this as, you know, that, from that aspect, and hopefully they could kind of use it as a launching pad. But that said, like, I... I still feel like interior-wise, it would be great if they could like, make a move at some point just because it's just not a lot there. Like a Bull Anderson, you know, bless Harper, like guys like Tim Horn, just you can't really expect these guys to give yeah. you much there. And if you really are serious about competing for playoffs, I just think at least add another body to the interior. Is there any update, even though I – look, I know he's been pretty much closed at this point, but like Marlon Davidson, he's, is he coming back at some point? I have no idea. I mean, I – they were pretty tight-lipped about his injury to begin with, and he hasn't come back yet. So I, I honestly don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, you're right. Like, I mean, I, I do appreciate the pass rush getting some sacks here. Like, they got three. That's just like their second highest total of the year. I think they've had the most. They had was like one in every other game, and then four in week one. Um, so that's obviously nice to see that they were getting some pressure. Carter got a sack. D'Angelo Malone got his first sack. Of course, Grady Jarrett just doing stuff. Um, he did it very gently. I don't know if yes, you noticed. Yes, yes. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Shout, of Brady. He's shout, to ben, yeah. shout out to Benjamin Watson. I don't want to steal the show. Benjamin Watson tweeted out. <laughs> former like 18-year tight end. I was cracking up at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a couple of jokes. Uh, not to get totally off subject, but uh, you know Nate Tice, right? Yeah. 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 He said, uh, watching Taylor Heineke is like watching Johnny Knoxville play football. <laughs> that was <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> like, could you just picture Johnny Knoxville play quarterback? Yeah, that. Yeah. Oof, oof. <laughs> There's some Jeff tweets there, just because uh, it was some ugly action. Like, say it was a, like we knew the schedule was rough going to this week, and boy, there was yeah. some ugly football. But uh, you know, back to Falcons though. Like, yeah, it was a crazy. And I want to mention, but Rashawn Evans really giving some good snaps. Like yeah. that third down stop was nice. I had a couple moments in pass coverage. Like, you know, for someone that came in, they thought, okay, thumper, hard hitter, kind of knows the defense. He might, he might be a decent complimentary piece. I don't know, he's kind of exceed expectations. He makes more than a few flash plays week in, week out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think we did see, like, I think we saw, like, honestly, it was, like, the defense, despite getting, like, absolutely roasted. Like, I think the defense's game was far more impressive considering everything. Like, the offense was going up against a weak, like, a very weak run defense. We talked about mm-hmm. it on the pregame. Like, they just yeah. left over 200 yards on the ground to the Saints. Yeah. Like, despite them getting back, like, early, they closed the gap enough in the second half that they had plenty of opportunity to run the ball if they wanted to. Uh, they couldn't do it. Like, they averaged, like, mm-hmm. three-something yards a carry. Uh, and, you know, I the the blocking wasn't good and all this stuff. Um, but I do think the defense, the defense, like, tightened up in the second half. They allowed just seven points after allowing 28 in the first half. Like, they they gave them a chance. They just, they the did. offense didn't do a damn thing with it. So, I, yeah, I think it's, this is one of those games where I think the coaching staff or the organization in general will look back on and be like, you know, we're going to have all this cap space all the season. They'll likely make a splash or two in the offensive line. I think these, yeah, this is one of those yeah. games where you watch Caleb McGarry. It's like, yeah. Look, oh yeah, there's, a, there's improvement, but are we seriously <laughs> going to invest what kind of contract on someone who is putting together one year of decent play? Because you know, look, he's has moments, but look, when you when you're rebuilding, you need to invest in competent, you know, or at least dependable stars, and he just hasn't yeah. been that. You, know, you wonder about Jake Matthews' future. Drew Dalman just he he's showing flashes, but Drew Dalman is just so frustrating as a pass protector, and Elijah yeah. Wilkins is just a guy. So it's like I think this is one of those games where you look at the offense line and 
it's like, all right, if we're really going to compete the best, there's going to at least need to be a new starter or two. So yeah. I think, I think that's not a big takeaway you, you go from this. Yeah. I think, and I think we're going to see it. Like, I think this is going to be the trench seed, mm-hmm. like the trench off season. Like, I think we will see, I think we will see like, no more mid-round picks on centers. No, yeah, I mean, like, it's fine if you want to keep adding guys, like, just for depth. But, like, I think we're going to see an early pick or maybe even two and probably one to two signings. Like, they just need to get quality guys in here. Like, and I think you go after a veteran center um, and probably try to draft a right tackle. Um, you know, particularly if they are in that, like, 10 to 20 range in the draft. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of tackles available there. Um, you know, I've mentioned Peter Skaronsky before. This is a guy, Skaronsky can play all five spots on the line too. So wow. like, um, he's we, someone. We, we got you excited right now. We're doing draft talk. I, yeah, get, I yeah. can feel the excitement in your voice right now. I know. I do love the draft talk, but it's not out of necessity. Like this team is still tied for first in the division guys. But yeah. I think we can tell like right now, what's going to hold this team back more than anything is they can't pass protect. And maybe honestly, that is the reason the passing game isn't working more than anything else is the pass protection. Like maybe everyone's trying to blame it on Ritter or blame Smith for not calling more passes when really maybe Arthur Smith just realizes this offensive line can't pass protect at all. And we just need to limit the passing as much as we can. So like there was a third and 14, they had at least an extra block or two and they ran play action. Like it's third and 14. Yeah. Like you can like, you're not fooling like, anyone. <laughs> it's like, we need pass catchers. Like, how are we going to stretch teams vertically? And we're running back. It's like, Parker Hesse, huge ass in the run game. But, like, we're asking him to chip Trey Hendrickson. Like, we can't trust Jake Matthews. Like, it's just stuff like that. It's like, look, yeah. It's like, look, I understand there's moments where you have to chip edge rushers and stuff. But, like, look, Sam Hart, Trey Hendrickson, they're very good players. But they're not Michael Parsons. They're not Von Miller. Like, you can't just be so dependent on having an extra block or two. There's sometimes you just need to trust your offensive line or have someone in the backfield and maybe go off a route. But when you have players like literally playing up, uh, alongside, whether it's Matthews or McGarry, like lining up alongside them, like tight end and having to block, it's just like you're limiting your options for routes. And I think that is a big cause. You've just seen with a couple of these plays. So, and I th- you know, like you said before, I think that is a result of just not trusting the offensive line. So yeah, it's multifaceted. Yeah. I think yeah. you know I, it is, and nothing is ever completely separate from the other things. I think I don't know that Mariota's throws were awful today so much as I think he just held the ball way too long. And I think this is an offense where it's like you need to get this ball out. Um, yeah. There was a third down the pits, I think, where he was yeah. a little late. Yeah. He's just. Mario is just not a pocket passer. Like he, he's yeah. not comfortable in the pocket. He needs to be moving around. And um, to be fair, like this offense generally works well when you get the quarterback moving like that, but it's just limited right now. And I just don't know that. I don't know what you could. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what exactly you could have done differently in this game outside of just executing the offense better. Like particularly the run game, like the run game needed to take over. We keep yeah. beating this. We keep beating this one up. But like the run game needed to take over this game, they did not. They still got over 100 yards somehow on like one good drive in the entire game. But they just, it was not. Uh, I think I think Mario ran the option once that kind yeah. of worked out nicely. Yeah. Went for like 20 yards. That might have been the longest run of the game. It was. It was. It. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mario did get up over five yards per carry, but he's the only back that averaged more than that. Um, but yeah. Cordell Patterson come back soon. Yes. Uh, they, like he, like he, they, they need him. he could. Have, broke up a couple plays in this game like, yeah I think he, I, he provides that jolt they just lack that dynamic element without patterson back there um they need him uh to, yeah. to to hold up against these really good teams especially and like don't be fooled by the bengals record these are the afc champions like their pass defense is elite uh and their run defense is not good but the falcons certainly the falcons got into a game script that really benefited them um benefited they've had the a very difficult start the season yeah. you know mm-hmm. playing teams like look at the cowboys look at the ravens like yep, yep. You know, they, they've had some difficult games so uh look regardless of super bowl hangover like you you gotta respect the team that has that much firepower offensively yeah. and are so well coached defensively so yeah, yeah i was i was talking like the bengals they're threats so that's why i'm not too down this game it's just the coaching staff that there's gonna have to be a response to this that's how i look at it. like defense to me it's just a mulligan like look it is what it is with defense. We kind of know. Yeah. They were they 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 can punch above their way all they want, but like teams like this are just gonna railroad them. Yeah, they are, and like that's yeah. the thing. Like you know, like the Bengals scoring thirty five in this game is not shocking to me. 
Um, We're going to really criticize Darren Hall. Like, right. I am shocked that like the Falcons offense couldn't do more because I think Mm -hmm. the defense did enough certainly to give them opportunities to make this closer. Um, and they, they did not, they did not do anything at all in the second half, but you can't, you also can't have your quarterback completing eight passes in a game. Like that's, that's not going to, that's not enough in this NFL. Like, like you should be attempting. I think like when we saw the Tennessee's offense have the most success, it was like 30, you know, approximately rushing attempts and like 25 passing attempts approximately, um, you know, more than that even, but like. You know, 25 completions about there was like if Ryan Tannehill had 20 to 25 completions, that was probably a good game for them. And the Falcons right now, they're in the single digits in completions in several of these games, and they're not getting above 20 attempts in most of them. It's just this is not an offense that I think is going to work against good defenses. And, you know, maybe this is just Arthur Smith's plan. Like we're going to we're going to be able to beat the teams that aren't as good. Like we're going to, we're going to employ a strategy that's going to help us beat bad teams and help us keep games close. But like we on we know, we just know that like if, if things don't go right, if the run game has an off day or we get behind big, like it's just, we just don't really have much, much of an answer, but we're going to win more games than we lose because of how well we do these things. Like that could be a strategy for getting nine and eight with this schedule. And that could get this team to the playoffs if this division stays as terrible as it has been. So, like, I know the everyone wants to bury the team now for losing to the Bengals, which we all expected, unless you were a big homer. Um, and we all thought this would be a tough matchup, and, like, maybe they'll have a chance to surprise, but it's a tough game. We tried to tell you, like, this, this shouldn't move the needle for you on the team yeah. if they lose this game because the Bengals are really good and it's a bad matchup, yada, yada, yada. Lo and behold, they lose to the Bengals, and now everyone's like, this offense sucks. Arthur Smith sucks. Like, you know, how dare you draft two pass catchers? You know, this offense was ninth in scoring coming into this game, people. Like, come on. Like, top, t- <laughs> relax. Top five in red zone conversion rate. Top yes. five in third down. I still can't believe that third down stat. I think that's just more yeah. testament to how good the running game has been in putting the offense in third and short or third and five, six. Because, like, look, this team just third long. Like, it's just, I, I want to not... like watch the film and see how many yeah. third longs they could be because they just look hopeless, man. And then just yeah. like, how is this possible for a team that's invested a good amount in their offense? Because we know they have not invested in their defense. And yes, yep. we know about the dead cap situation, but still, like, it's clear they've put some effort into this offense. There's a lot of first yeah. rounders in this offense. So, yep. and it's just, you can't look that inept on third long. You have to at least pose a threat, especially with the playmakers they have. So, yeah, if, if, if there's a reason to be outraged from this game, that would probably be it. Yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, people just need to to relax. Um because this is a this is a tough game. We knew it was going to be a tough game. They lost a tough game. Probably was not fun to watch. Schedule. Yeah. Maybe besides Baltimore cuz obviously Baltimore is going to be a threat. Yeah. But besides that, on the schedule, who else is better? Might have been the toughest team. Um yeah. so I think it's maybe a little bit of people getting a little too high after the 49ers game understandable not, yes which is fun like i'm yeah. not trying to stomp on anyone's parade but like it's one loss they're three and four now they're going into an easy six game stretch if they if they like now struggle against the panthers and they they just crap out over the next few games then you can call for people's heads all you want you know whatever you want to do is fine but like don't necessarily move your needle based on a loss to the AFC champions is all I'm saying. Um, It was disappointing. They didn't play well, but as Corey Carter in the chat says, like looking at this stretch, like before the season, I think anyone would probably be like three and four that I'll I'll take that because they were playing the two Super Bowl teams. They were playing, you know, the bucks and the saints who were expected to be good. Um, The saints had like their best game of the year against Atlanta in week one. (laughs) Um, And, and then the bucks, you know, got bailed out by the officials. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's like, this team could easily still. This team could be four, you know, four and three right now, yeah. uh, easily. Let's not, let's not forget they played the NFC Championship team, yeah, 49ers. So it's mm-hmm. like they've had a brutal start to this. Like, we remember in April, I like, look at the start of the season, just like oof, like they might win one game. <laughs> yeah. Like that Seattle game, pit it down. Right. The rest of it, yeah. oh, I don't know about this. So like for them to be three, four, and look, they put together a tremendous effort the first six games. It was the first. You know, somewhat of a letdown, even though I kind of expect a little bit. But look, let's let's take a week by week. I, I just I know people like to rush to hot takes and you know harsh conclusions, but to me, it's just like you know, let's let's not push the pant button yet. It's it's still a long season, and 
you know, I think the coaching staff has done enough for it. So you could, you could have belief in them to make the adjustments. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, what, in this NFC, like being three and four is not a big deal. You got to get back up on the horse. You got to figure out what to do with this secondary because it is in disastrous shape. They, they're going to have to sign guys almost certainly. Um, and you need to, you know, get these offensive issues ironed out. Um, I think it's, if you want to talk about like, we should see Ritter, like this offense is too limited because of the quarterback. That's fine. But I also wouldn't expect to see Ritter next week either guys. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. So I know everyone wants it. And then I know the other half is like, how dare you even like mention that Ritter could possibly start at some point. And you're also wrong. Like there's no way to slice eight completions as a good thing. Like ever. There's no way to slice that guys. Like uh, that was not good. So like there's, this is a complex decision with lots of layers. I don't really think there's much of a difference either way. Like at this point, you know, I, I think I, I also don't think like you're, you're just throwing Ritter in there now. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think more than likely you're probably going to see Mariota again next week and maybe the week after, you know, we'll see, but I think they're probably going to like wait for Mariota to have a bad stretch before pulling him. Like, I don't think they're going to be like, Oh, well you had a bad day against an elite pass defense. So bye. Um, yeah. that just doesn't strike me as their style. Yeah. And I just think, it's going to take till like after that Thursday night games, Carolina, because I just don't know how you could start a rookie quarterback on a short week either. So it might take till mid November if Ritter is going to get action. Cause I just, I just can't see like, if he, yeah, if he struggles against, I think it's the Chargers after the Panthers, correct? Yeah. 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 Like I just, even if he struggles against them, which I find it hard to believe because the Chargers are so It's a defense that you could pick on quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I can't see him. I just can't see bringing a rookie quarterback on, what, three days of preparation. So, look, at this point now, I think the San Francisco performance alone rightfully so gave Mariota more time to be a star. Now let's see what happens this three-game stretch. You're playing yeah. two games against one of the worst teams in the NFL and uh, very over, not even overrated, just, just a very vulnerable Chargers team. Like, this next three-game stretch, it, I 2 and one is – the goal, but I would not be shocked at three zero just because I don't rate the Chargers all that highly. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, the Chargers are one of those teams. It's sort of like anything could happen. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, good or bad. Yeah, to be Fouts could run for two hundred yards in that game. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you could do that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anything else you want to add? Alan, we don't do awards, this? right? Even though it wouldn't be a game no. to do awards. No, this, yeah, this would be not the game for the awards. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't been doing that, but if you, if you oh, have okay. an award you want to give out. Uh, no no awards. Award. If, if we're going to name a few stands, like I said, Rashawn Evans played very well. Um, Avery Williams, spark plug. Damari Bird, let's see if he gets a couple more reps. Because like, he was good on Chicago last year. Like, you watch him at the end of the year. I know no one watched the Bears. I'm just this is the nerd in me talking, but like he yeah. made plays again on a very bad team. So. Maybe he'll get a couple reps. But again, like I asked for a receiver to get more reps. What does that mean? Maybe one more target, given how little yeah. off of his throws. <laughs> and I don't think DeMar Bird's a particularly good blocker either. So that kind of limits his opportunities. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't know to tell you. But look, there, yeah, that was standout. And good moment for Malone. And just hopefully, maybe it's a start for Dean Pease to be more aggressive blitzing wise. Cause I don't think the Falcons have blitzed enough this year. So, yeah. and especially given now the secondary, their issues, I think they might just be forced to blitz out of necessity. And, and if, and, and if Baker Moore Mayfield's really going to be a starter next week, oh boy, crank yeah. it up, please, crank, crank it up, it up. Yeah. Please, please. please, yeah. yeah. You know we need we need to beat the Panthers next week. If they lose to the Panthers, it's going to be sky is falling. Yeah, stuff, no, but then uh, then okay, we'll, then I'll, I'll it's, allow it's another it. conversation. Yeah. I'll allow it, but let's let's home wait. Next, I believe they're home yeah. next week. Right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's let's you know wait for that before we call for you know anything drastic at this point. That would be my recommendation. Any um, any takeaways for you, Kev? It was a bad game. Let's move on. Uh, let's, let's Bill yeah, let's let's uh, let's get past that uh, as quickly as possible. Um, just just a really rough performance in general. Like not a lot to hang yeah. your hat on one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so just a rough 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 watch. Yeah, I'm interested to watch the film, but just for a curiosity purpose, not yeah. for entertainment purposes. Like no, I just it's, wanted it's a di- it's a difficult one. Yeah. To, to like re-watch. this defense, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah like the, <laughs> to me, the defense is I'm kind of gonna breeze by just because like it's pretty straightforward how bad I gotta be. But the offense, that's where I'm really gonna dial in. Like, all right, what on earth? Yeah, yeah. 
So they gotta they gotta get the run game going next week. They gotta figure out what happened here, and and you're gonna have to target your stars more. Like this this is not this is unacceptable. Um, and if it's the quarterback, then we need to see a quarterback change. And if it's the offensive line, then there's not anything we can do about that. So it could be either yeah. one of those things. Uh, no, 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 Jalen Mayfield, please. And yeah, I, no, that's I, not I, the yeah. spark you're looking for. I guarantee you that. Yeah, and I don't know about Matt Hennessy or Jermaine Effetti either. So I, yep. I feel like this is their best five. Yeah. <laughs> George stands at the three dollars. Says, "How do you feel about Mariota's execution? I'm in favor of it. Odd, non, probably." <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know adnan has i'm sure we're gonna get some some uh, fiery adnan takes on wednesday so you guys can look forward to that that is by the way our next live show will be wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern guys thank you so much for tuning in to this post game show not a great watch but uh opportunity to get back to 500 next week falcons will be favored hopefully take care of business against what should be a lesser opponent um before we get out of here, guys, do like and subscribe. Really appreciate those metrics. Help us out there. Uh, you can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Live if you want to support the show. Uh, make sure also to give a follow to Alan Sterk, at Alan Sterk on Twitter. Anything you're working on you'd like to plug? I'm definitely doing a roundtable this week. It's going to be me, Will McFadden, and Everett Glaze. So we'll right. be, that will be up on Wednesday, and then I'll have another piece on Thursday, probably about the Falcons offense, because I really just don't have much to say about the defense at the moment. Yeah, George Costanza again. Uh, in all seriousness, have I really donated over a thousand dollars? I can look it up for you, George. I, I it might not be that high, but can can you can we give him something if he has? <laughs> you should get like a mug or something, like you know, oh, number one well, fan. Mug's definitely not. I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> Some kind of number one fan thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. Nation, get my three T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, something. SB, yeah, we, we gotta get, we gotta get some free co- things. collectibles. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm in favor of that. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. know that corporates in favor of that. They're yeah. they're the ones that would pull those strings. But, um, yeah. Uh, thank you, George. I will. I'll figure it out for next show. I'll I'll, I'll look into it and see the numbers. I mean, if you combine the Patreon and the donations, I, I think definitely it's been over a thousand. But, um, we're gonna find out. But, uh, yeah, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Kevin. I have Falcoholic Kevin. He's Alan Sterk at Alan Sterk. We will see you guys next week on the Falcoholic Live. Enjoy the rest of your football Sunday. Uh, guys, thanks so much for tuning in with us and, and suffering through what was uh, not great week seven. So we're on to week eight. Uh, we're not going to dwell too much on this. I mean, I have to because I'm doing the film review, but, you know, um, I'm not going to dwell too much more than, than that. Uh, but <laughs> thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys next time on the Falcoholic Live. Have a great day.